What? You're George McFly. Yeah, who are you? Say, what do you let those boys push you around like that for? Well, they're bigger than me. Stand tall, boy. Have some respect for yourself. Don't you know if you let people walk over you now, they'll be walking over you for the rest of your life. Look at me. You think I'm going to spend the rest of my life in this slop house? Watch it, Goldie. No, sir. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to night school. And one day, I'm going to be somebody. That's right. He's going to be mayor. Yeah, I'm going to... Mayor. Now, that's a good idea. I could run for mayor. A colored mayor. That'll be the day. You wait and see, Mr. Carruthers. I will be mayor. I'll be the most powerful man in Hill Valley. And I'm going to clean up this town. Good. You can start by sweeping the floor. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike. We begin a new trilogy today with the 1985, dare I say, like one of those near-perfect films. It's like everybody who who has seen it seems to only have positive things to say about it. I don't think I've ever met anybody who disliked Back to the Future. Mike, have you ever met somebody who didn't like this movie? Uh, Not me, but I'll, I'll, I'll throw out an adult criticism marty mcfly and dare i say it michael j fox is mildly annoying in the first <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes of this of this movie in fairness this is a film aimed i think especially the marty and doc sort of banter uh aimed at children uh because when i was a kid and saw this and uh i do uh i think some people would say blame but i'm gonna i'm gonna give the um the trophy to Back to the Future Part Two as the kickoff to my love of going to the movies because it is my earliest memory of uh, my father coming and picking me up in first grade in the middle of the day just to take me to see Back to the Future Two, and I thought this is life will never get cooler than this, and it really never did. <laughs> like, <that was> <laughs> the <laughs> the greatest experience of my life. Um, and, you know, it probably in, uh, embedded in me a deep love of going to the movies that day. I didn't even know you could play hooky and just go to the movies uh, until then. But I learned early. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, if you're if you're looking for a new angle, uh, I don't know if Marty McFly's charms will work on you as you, you and I get closer to Doc's age than <laughs> Marty's. Um, but that's really just the beginning. Like once the the you know the time travel kicks in, once he's trying to course correct and uh, help his uh, father uh, fuck his mother and basically procreate so that him and his siblings exist, I'm I'm back, baby. I'm I'm all in it. It's really just the skateboarding and the the uh, high school battle the bands contest that I I I think I conveniently forget in my old age, and I've seen this countless times, but I never really remember those specific moments as ones I want to rewatch. Yeah, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is, is that uh, it aimed at kids. 
I feel that way too, but I think that it's that way for much longer than just the, the opening uh, few minutes. Um, this time around, I'm watching Biff, this. do you think the bully, it kind of extends into that? Like, cause it's, he's a big dude, but the things he says are not far from like, you know, Nelson and the Simpsons. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's the kid's idea of like the, the, you know, the Thanos <laughs> coming to crush you is Biff. Yes. hundred uh, percent. I, as I'm watching this film again, and I was very excited about it. I mentioned this to you uh, last week's book. I was like, I'm so excited to rewatch Back to the Future. I'm enjoying it. I like it. The script is very clever. Every little line, you know, oh, history's about to change. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. You know, yucking it up on the inside. Not so much on the outside. But I feel like I'm past the point in my life. <laughs> I like, hold on, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just love that that little aside you made is like, yeah, I'm enjoying this, but if my wife and kid passed by, they would think I'm miserable because I'm showing, I'm revealing nothing of my enjoyment of this Robert Zemeckis classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, because, you know, I'm I'm watching it and you can't see the enjoyment that I'm having. It's like when you hear a good joke. But you, but like it's a good joke because you appreciate it for its like structure rather than <laughs> the joy okay. it brings All you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this is a, a brilliant film from start to finish. When when you break down the script, the characters, the the uh, the set pieces, everything. But I, I, I'm just past that age. I think where like I can't enjoy it the way that I used to. I really look back at it. As if I'm flipping through a, a, an old yearbook and I see all the messages that uh, my, my well, not friends, but, you know, at that age, like, everybody's your friend, right? Because uh, you you are in prox- close proximity with them for eight hours a day. Well, yeah. Eventually, even you're, uh, the guy that terrorized you in your youth will be washing your car on a Saturday <laughs> morning for <laughs> some right. reason for time travel comeuppance. Uh, here's a, a little, okay. On that note, classic movie. Like I, I, I'm reading this on Letterbox. It's it's five stars for me. I, I I cannot remove my childhood joy of at least the first two parts. Um, I do think I only watched part three once in theaters, and it was one of the also earliest memories of me as a kid being like, I don't know if I like this. And at that point, I'm like, I like everything. They take me to the movies to see, especially a sequel, like the conclusion to two movies that I love. I've never rewatched Back to the Future Three as an adult, and I kind of don't. <laughs> I kind of don't want to. I don't I want to <laughs> memory hold that it doesn't exist. I, I, I'm sorry, everybody. I just love the vision of you in the theater, like once again trying to recapture the joy of Back to the Future uh, Part Two, being like, "Oh, let's play hooky again." And then in the middle of Part Three, you're like, "I should be in school right now. Like, what what's happening in my classes?" I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit the books. You know. <laughs> First grade's tough. This is gonna <laughs> this is gonna dictate the rest of my life. My dad took me to see Back to the Future Part Three. What are you doing, old man? You've, <laughs> you've ruined any chances I have at prospering for this shitty conclusion to this stupid trilogy. No, I didn't think I didn't go that far. Um, but clearly, I made a decision at a young age of like, mm, not for me. But the other two, I've, I, I don't even know how many times I've watched them. So of our childhood favorites of or or just classics in general, 
Um, what what do you think is the you know the the sell by date as far as how many times you can revisit some of these things? And I would you know this is not Vertigo, it's not Citizen Kane. This is populous entertainment. It's you know some of the best populous entertainment. Um, but do you think there is a time where you just appreciate the experiences you had and and no longer revisit it? You know. For the normal people that don't have a movie podcast coming up with weird <laughs> trilogy themes as an excuse to revisit these things. Yeah, th- there's got to be. Uh, but at the same time, like, I am revisiting stuff with my child. That, not nothing, you know, my, my kid is four. So uh, we're watching, like, the Studio Ghibli stuff, uh, My Neighbor Totoro and, and Ponyo. And those seem timeless to me. Like, even now, I'm enjoying them as I would have if i was four in my opinion and and maybe it's because i'm living through her and through her enjoyment of them and so i'm interested to watch back the future again when she's older because i mean if hey if she has any interest in film i'm gonna show her the classics and back to the future is absolutely a classic especially if if like you know getting her into sci-fi and and the fantasy genre and and so yeah, I, I'm very genuinely interested to see when that uh, uh, that sell by date is because if and whether it can kind of uh, revitalize itself. If I'm not enjoying it with my daughter as she's hopefully and probably enjoying it, then we'll have a a problem. So I, I'm afraid I can't answer that question right now, but I will in the next decade or so. I'll keep you posted, buddy. All right. So here's the follow up question. What age do you show a film where the plot hinges on a son not allowing his mother to have sex with him and instead forcing her to have sex with his father? What age? Now, that's not that, that's me ginning up the the plot a little bit, but Leah Thompson coming pretty hot and heavy for a little more Marty McFly. And I don't think I quite got that as a kid. I, th- I thought, Oh, this is silly. She doesn't know that's her son, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think I got the, the awkward sexual humor <laughs> as an adult, which I appreciate that actually has aged pretty damn well. Yeah. And also, I mean, you throw in a uh, little concepts like what a peeping Tom is, you know, th- there is some adult stuff going on in this film that a little child can, you know, and not understand the gravity of of what those uh I think even as a kid I thought man George McFly I don't even know what a peeping tom is or I just figured it out like 5 seconds ago but he's the worst I was like it's broad daylight was it 3 o'clock in the afternoon and you're like in a tree right above like <laughs> the main street through that suburbs and he doesn't have a good grip either. <laughs> Why does he need binoculars? <laughs> he looks like he's 12 feet away <laughs> from the window. <laughs> That's fair. Was he bringing his rig up there? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I would say, I mean, the film is rated, I think, PG. Um, oh, there, there's a couple of shits in there. A couple, you know, just a little bit uh, of, of those adult themes. But I, I'd say late elementary school, fifth or sixth grade, I think my kid would probably be able to enjoy it. Again, every kid is different. I don't want to thrust her into, you know, the horror genre or something like she's not ready for. Because as soon as you don't, and again, I don't want to push this stuff onto the kid because that'll make it like, oh, dad, you know, the stuff that dad likes is uncool. Right now, the stuff I like is awesome. Mm. Like my kid in the car 
wanted me to put on <laughs> an old uh, De La Soul album. I'm like, my four-year-old digs old school rap. Like, I've got a pretty cool four-year-old because, you know, she knows that I listen to it every now and then. And so it's fun. Like, she'll tell me, like, she wants to listen to um, uh, uh, Helpless or, or uh, Washington on Your Side from the Hamilton soundtrack. She knows a couple songs by name. So you never know at what age a kid will just grasp onto something. Um, I know I fell in love with this stuff uh, quite early. And part of that is also because, you know, I had immigrant parents who were working all the time, making sure they could provide for me. And so oftentimes my babysitter was uh, uh, my father sleeping during the day because he's working like two night jobs. And hey, there's the television. What's on TBS? Back to the Future. It looks like, uh, you know, I'm going to be enjoying that for a little bit. So I did, you know, stuff like Sphere. <laughs> like, that's the kind of stuff that I was uh, uh, absorbing as a child. So you never know. And, and again, I will update you with uh, with all this information as as I experience it in, in real time. Well, you know, I, I'm trying to think of when you said there's a couple of shits. I think one that will definitely play to the kiddies is uh, Biff and his gang, I think, screaming shit right before horse shit mm -hmm. <laughs> goes into their mouth and all over their convertible car, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, the... <laughs> One thing I appreciate about it, I guess Back to the Future is probably one of the time travel films that is so popular that it's uh, in a way made fun of by other time travel movies. I, I think, you know, the, the sort of cheesy nature of Marty um, watching uh, his siblings disappear and then himself in the photograph, like that sort of the, the ticking clock of you have this much time or you'll fade as opposed to... <laughs> instantaneously being wiped out of existence or creating the alternate dimensions, all of that stuff. Um, Looper is the one I think that we have cited before, or, I've, you know, I've, I've brought up in conversations that I really like in that uh, sci-fi film that Bruce Willis just cuts off uh, the younger version of himself. Like we don't have time to like, you know, go over the finer details of time travel. It's all nonsense and hooey. Just shut up, shut up and get up. And it's almost like <laughs> Ryan Johnson was, dictating that to the viewers like i i want to make a story here um do you think if back to the future came out today would we have the nitpicky internet articles upon release because we have you know th this month is going to be about uh fathers and and time travel um and sort of correcting mistakes uh that fathers have made either they're, they're making themselves or uh, in this case you know a son um causes it but he gets the ability to uh change the um self-confidence of his old man uh by putting him into uh you know well <laughs> putting him in place to interrupt a date rape which i <laughs> you know i'm glad marty mcfly exists but i'm also glad that uh george mcfly uh, did that not just for self-preservation of his family, but because it's the correct thing to do. But um, I'll just, you know, I'll just go ahead and say, like, if you stick around for this month, Interstellar will be coming up next. And Interstellar came out in 2014. And while it was well-received and a hit, there was instantaneous articles about, like, eh, did they get this right? Is this correct? Is this how it would go? We don't seem to hold, I mean, I, I know there's clickbait articles about old films like Back to the Future, but it's, through such beloved hindsight that it's just like, Hey, you like this movie. We can, you know, we're buddies with it. We can kind of poke a little fun, but if it's a new release, it's 
did this waste <laughs> this work of fiction waste our fucking time <laughs> with their stupid rules that don't make any sense <laughs> like do you feel like back to the future would get that or is the sensibility of it something that is timeless is it is it so um is it heart is its heart in the right place that it would uh would uh avoid the internet's ire it would not avoid the internet's ire completely because you still have that vocal minority, the the release the Snyder Cut crowd. They're the ones who are going to rip it a new one. But here's the thing. You mentioned that uh, the the sell-by date. Like, I think the equivalent of me, ch- like, sniffing the milk to see if it was still good. I think when I realize, you know, I'm watching this movie at some point uh, in my childhood and I'm like, Boy, is there a future that that Marty could go back? It's like, well, my brother has no head. <laughs> Looks like I almost fixed it. Like, I, <laughs> you know, what sort of Cronenberg version <laughs> are you <laughs> thinking about, Webb? <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, that, that's me starting to poke the holes a little bit in it. But ultimately, yes. It, Jeez, I thought. I thought Leah Thompson's uh, future makeup adult version was enough body horror for me. <laughs> Awful what they what they do to her face. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, those jowls are quite uh, something. <laughs> That's a bit much considering the dad just has like grayish hair. Maybe yeah. <laughs> pretty much looks the same, right? <laughs> I think because everything else in this movie works so well, the humor, the charm of the characters, and you're so invested in everything, and also because time travel doesn't fucking exist, that's another thing. It's like, and it, because it doesn't exist, and it keeps it simple, it keeps things as simple as possible for the audience, that you forgive those, uh, uh, I don't even call them inaccuracies, because again, we're talking about something that's completely theoretical. So... I think even if it was released today, I think most people would be okay with it. You are, of course, going to get clickbait articles uh, about every new release with every new scientific whatever uh, aspect to it that that people will rip it a new one. You're always going to have, I don't want to call out Neil deGrasse Tyson, but somebody in the scientific community who might have a little sway be like, well, actually, you know, you're going to have that. That stupid asshole yet again, <laughs> no, <laughs> piping up with this bullshit. <laughs> I like, I like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I, I want to add one thing about it, and and this is I've never seen this film with this thought, but I was like, boy, there is a real fetishization of the 1950s, and and you think about hmm. you know uh, uh, shortly after this film was released, even Ronald Reagan uh, uh, quoted it uh, where we're going, yeah. we don't need roads in one of his speeches, and. That really got me thinking, because, like, you know, ultimately what Reagan wanted to do, he looked back at the 1950s as like, wow, America was great. I want to make America great again in 1980. That's essentially what was happening. And so I think it's important to look at the pop culture that is being touted by important and powerful figures and then and also the stuff that's not. The Simpsons was was very much attacked by, I think, Nancy Reagan and... It, it was what was that famous quote? I think it was like a, I, it, it, we would, the country would be in a better state if people were more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. Yeah, I think that was one of those quotes. And so it's important. It wasn't the Cosby's. <laughs> if she said the Cosby's, that would not have aged well. No, I don't think so. at this point, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and so I, I think it's important to kind of note that, and you kind of do see that. And it's not 
I don't think it's the fault of the film. I think it's the people who attach themselves to it. And, and uh, uh, it was just something that I noticed. And the quote, uh, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. It's a, it's a complete oversimplification of a mantra uh, of the real world, you know, and, and I, I, I've been reading uh, Gone with the Wind and I'm getting to the real racist bits and, and having a kind of a <laughs> complete like 180. I was like, I'm really enjoying oh, it. Oh, joy. <laughs> <laughs> I was really enjoying it at first. And then now like, oh, you know, all these characters that you kind of like, they're all in the clan. I was like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, you know, and I've been thinking or maybe, maybe overthinking. Uh, a lot of the media and, and the the everything that I'm kind of absorbing now, and so I can't even watch Back to the Future and not think about some of the political ramifications uh, that kind of came from it. Uh, and I don't want it, uh, boy, I don't want to bum out our listeners and be like, "Oh, fuck Back to the Future," because not at all. It's still a great film, but it's interesting that I'm in my 30s now and I'm really and and closer to 40. And I'm really thinking about uh, things in a completely different way. Uh, and I can't let Back to the Future just be a great kids movie, which I think it ultimately is. Did you have any of these thoughts while watching this film? Well, I mean, you've bummed me out because <laughs> I'm trying to drag it into into the adult sphere by talking about the weird uh, sexual triangle between mother, <laughs> father, and son. And you sort of avoided that. I mean, you did give me... You know the the Leah Thompson jowls bit, which I you know I appreciated, but um, I, you know, I, when you, as you started talking, I thought, well, okay, yeah, so now it's like we're recording this in 2023, so we would look at the 90s. Unfortunately, uh, is if they made a modern version, that's what we would go back to, and that's what, and you know, you see it, and it's just there's always going to be you know nostalgia for for youth. Um, and you know, maybe you'll take exception if you grew up during the great depression, maybe you're not like <laughs> right. looking for the movies where it's like, I want to go back to that. Um, but I, I think that that's, you know, the, the eighties It's interesting. You, you mentioned that Reagan was, was president and the, the views of, uh, the first lady on the Simpsons, which here <laughs> Reagan is in charge. And there is a funny bit where Marty goes back uh, to the future, you know, and he, with the help of doc and he sees a homeless man, like drunk on a bench, uh, the local theater, instead of playing, you know, something for the, the, the whole family, like gone with the wind, which is what Webb and his, his family would be going to see, uh, is a porno theater as an adult theater, which I, you know, it's a bit on the nose, uh, homeless bum, drunk, uh, porno. Uh, but this is during Reagan's time period. So, did they watch Back to the Future closely enough to, you know, Zemeckis company saying like, boy, this administration is really <laughs> touting all these achievements of uh, what a shitty country we live in now. <laughs> if only we could go back to the 50s. But I, I see it now. Like you, like I know you're not a fan of uh, Bo Burnham and his uh, his comedy, which I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I am either, but I really liked Inside. Uh, I, I think it's one of the best like COVID things that came out, COVID specific uh, films. But if you watching interviews with him, uh, his sort of big, you know, cross the bears, he, he, he genuinely seems to be concerned about 
what the internet is doing to kids now, what those generations will like, basically like how much, uh, you know, grace are you giving them to make mistakes and grow up without it, uh, being something that they are constantly known for. If they, they go viral for something slightly stupid, they say, if they, if they <laughs> leave a Goodreads review or go on, book talk and be like hey this gone with the winds not too bad and then they get a thousand comments calling them a horrible <laughs> racist something to that effect uh but in his um comedy special inside there's a, a song uh, i think it's called welcome to the internet um and even he says uh, there's a, a line that's like not very long ago um back before the towers fell like in 1999 like you know the, the internet it was all about what it could do for us as a society and it certainly was better than it is now as far as, but I don't know if that's because the medium itself was better or just the reach, the scale of it was smaller and we just didn't have every horrible person that had access to it yet. If it was just a little bit more exclusive for the nerds that wanted to talk about the latest Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which even now would not be cool because the creator is hated by his <laughs> former fans. So really... <laughs> Can we can we bring the Dark Knight into this trilogy? Because I think the theme is you know you live long enough you're gonna be you're gonna be the villain or you're, or you're dead. Uh, you're gonna have jowls. <laughs> you know if you live long enough, what was once beautiful is now shit. Um, I don't know where I was going with that web, but it's like I felt like you introduced sort of a depressing element. Like I can't enjoy this anymore. And I think you have to have the blinders on for anything that engages so openly with nostalgia in a positive way. I don't think you can really, much like the time travel, I just don't think you can pick it apart because, yeah, you have in this instance um, a couple of things. Uh, one, a, a black man is running to be mayor in the present day in 85, and we see him, and essentially Marty is the one that ends up giving him the idea for it, I guess, in the new timeline. Like, well, one day you're going to be mayor. And it's like it never crossed his mind yeah. until, then, until this stupid little white punk teenager with a weird uh, vest that they think is a life pre preserver. And then also probably, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it yet, uh, the fact that Marty McFly inspires Chuck Berry to create rock and roll, which is... <laughs> probably the most egregious thing in the movie it's it's silly but boy that would not play now like if no. there's a tiktok about that sequence they are hating this back to the future and they're wishing all this ill will on michael j fox which is really <laughs> unfortunate <laughs> when, when i was thinking about the 50s and reagan that that scene about uh what is it gordy yeah uh being mayor where he's like yeah you should be yeah, you're gonna be mayor and then you know all I can do is focus on, like, the ice cream shop owner or whatever. He's like, a black mayor, not while I'm running this. But, you know, it's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Just, oh, you know, the the greatest trick that ever, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was make a discussion on Back to the Future. As dour as this one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. Please rate, review, subscribe, five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That's what we're here for. Boy, the flex capacitor is so cool. That part with the lightning, that was awesome. <laughs>